You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Thursday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin Bruno! Happy NBA free agency eve. How are you? My goodness. Now, as we have been doing this together for seven years now, one of the things that we have learned is we are at severe mercy of news coming out at any given point. So hopefully there is an amount of you that are going to be able to listen to this before news breaks, the big news. Um, We know that there's going to be a ton going on in free agency, which begins tomorrow. We are recording this at around 9 o'clock Central Time on Thursday night. Uh, And Kevin, just a few hours ago, Everything turned upside down and news broke that could have a profound impact all around the league and made this free agency much more fun and much more dramatic. And that was that James Harden opted into his contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. And immediately after doing that, it is reported that He did that with the intention of Philadelphia finding him a different landing spot. And so now, not only do we have free agency with teams trying to build their rosters, you have a 10-time All-Star that is out on the market, and there have been teams that have already come up in conjunction with him. Uh, But let's just start with 
it seems as if as recently as 24, 48 hours ago, everybody was like, hey, Kyrie Irving's going to go back to Dallas. James Harden's going to go back to Philly. Things are pretty calm. We'll find out what happens with the Fred Van Vleets and the Brooke Lopez's of the world. But And now, as we're recording tonight, I don't think Kyrie Irving will be in Dallas, and I don't think James Harden will be in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be for each other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, and may, maybe in a couple hours, that's exactly where they will be. <laughs> you know, we, we don't we we have no idea at this point. But the fact is, with this James Harden news, you know, he opts into his contract. There's been rumblings of that this week of the possibility that. You know, with the Sixers haggling with him and and trying to get a shorter term deal that he's like, OK, I just don't want to be here then. Give me my money or I'm going to bounce. And now he's opting in and all indications are, you know, Woj says Clippers or, or Knicks. Sham says, don't forget the heat. And I think it's also worth, you know, wrapping in the Kyrie Irving stuff here. Chris, you said it with him where he could leave Dallas. There was a report this week that he's going to meet with the Suns. They already have Bradley Beal. They get KD. They got Booker. If he's going to meet with Phoenix, you would assume that that would mean Phoenix would also still have interest in James Harden, who for you know a month plus now, they've been considered the sleeper team. Windhorse reported that. I believe I said that on this podcast. Others have said that as well. So I think you have a number of different destinations, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Suns, that are all worth considering as, as potential new homes for James Harden. But if you're the Sixers, you know, I don't know what you're really going to get for a guy who's going to be 34 next season, clearly on the physical decline, and has only one year left on his contract. It's a tough position for Daryl Morey to be in. Also, a guy that now this is three teams in two and a half years that he has wanted out of. So that's not great either. And, you know, I heard Woj's report on ESPN, and he was saying that Harden looked out at the market and probably the the long-term deal that he wanted isn't there. And you know that is a function. Look, they lost they lost in seven games in the playoffs. In the four games that they lost, he never had more than four field goals in the games. He was 12 of 55 from the field in their four losses that took place. So, I mean... He had a couple of two really big games against Boston, but the four duds that he had cost him the series. You know, I don't want to put it all on him, but when you are putting that kind of capital into a player, you've got to have that guy perform. And I do think it if if, if James Harden plays great in those playoffs, and they go down swinging, then you could just say, hey, we lost to a better team. But you're now in a spot where you've got the reigning MVP of the league. And if you're Daryl, you've got to maximize that right now. And that was that was the big chance was last year in the playoffs. And to fall short then, I think, was it set up the stage for what we've got going on right now. All right, just hear me out. On those two fronts of the things that you mentioned, to me, the most logical things that could happen in all of this is that, yes, Kyrie Irving meets with the Suns. And the reason he's meeting with the Suns is to get uh, some kind of, 
trying to understand what, what they want, if that would be a good landing spot for him. And if so, at that point, we've heard that the Mavericks had had previous interest possibly in DeAndre Ayton. So that, to me, sounds incredibly reasonable. If they do want him, if they want him, which I do not think that having all four of those guys would be very wise, but let's just say that's their opinion. If that is, if I'm Dallas, man, if I could get DeAndre Ayton and not have to sign Kyrie Irving up to a long-term contract, and I get Luka a pick-and-roll partner, I like the Aiton fit. I don't like Aiton or Kyrie. You know that. But I like the Aiton fit better than the Kyrie fit in Dallas. And if you can get something for it, because I thought they've been in a very tough spot where it's like, okay, here's your two choices. Lose him for nothing or give him a contract that's, you know, a a contract you don't want to give him. And so there's that one. And then that Clippers thing that's come up, we know Daryl wants another star. He believes in multiple stars. And so if you could put together some kind of framework where you could net Paul George to go along with Maxi and Embiid, and you could put together a, you know, a George Norm Powell type deal, and you're giving out Harris and Harden, in that kind of a deal, like where the, that's kind of the framework that you would go off of. I think that's makes a lot of sense. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense for the Clippers, but if you're, if you're Philly, the interesting thing to me, Kev, is going to be, is Daryl going to play hardball on this Harden thing? The same way that he did on the Ben Simmons thing, where it's like, I don't have to trade him. He opted in. I don't have to trade him. I know that's his guy. I know he hugs him off the plane every time he gets him. But I don't have to move him. And so if you're not going to give me a great return for him, then I'm not moving him. And I'll deal with the disgruntled star. I don't know, man. This gets so fascinating. I mean, we saw Daryl Morey's game plan with Ben Simmons. He dragged it up until, you know, after the new year. Right. January, February, and then they finally make the Ben Simmons for James Harden deal. It's a it's a huge win for Philadelphia to land Harden and you know, Maury, you know, ended up being on the right side of, you know, that debate of wait or take take a deal now for like a CJ McCollum esque player. And and with Harden at this point, I wonder how aggressive are these teams gonna actually be? What what is Daryl actually looking for? There was, you know, Brian Windhorst said er- uh, earlier on Thursday on ESPN how, you know, Philadelphia, maybe now Kyrie Irving would want to take a look there if Harden's going to go, as you said earlier. Will they take a look at Damian Lillard? But does the Philadelphia even have enough for Dame? We're talking about Miami not having enough. Uh, we're talking about Portland wanting to drag things into the season and give it time with Dame or even just keep him and build a, a two timelines winner. Philadelphia, they have Maxi. They can trade one future first. What are they really going to get back for Harden? Are they going to compile enough assets to make a strong Dame offer? I don't think necessarily, because even from the Blazers' perspective, you've got Scoot Henderson, you've got Anthony Simons, you've got Shaden Sharp. I love Tyrese Maxey in a vacuum. I'm not sure I love him as much for what the the Portland Trailblazers have. So I think for them, I still think they would want to wait. And so that means for Philadelphia, if you're not getting, you know, star quality talent back in return 
Is it a collection of role players? Something like from the Clippers, you know, you can get Terrence Mann back, a good guy who, you know, moving without the ball, he's never really, Ty Lue hasn't earned, you know, fully trusted him with a 30 plus minute per game. Is it someone like him with Norm Powell and Robert Covington? Is it a package no of players with one future no first? You don't think Maury would do no that? No way. If no? Daryl moves him, he's Why getting not? a star. He, Why not? Because he's getting a star. Yeah, but Harden is 34 next year it, and he has one year left on his deal and he's on the decline. I understand. Are you sure he's getting a star? Are you really sure? Yes. He will get know, a star man. in return. What does He'll star a, mean? Like, what, what type of star are we talking about here? Would you give up, if you're the Clippers, would you give up Kawhi or George? No. Neither? No. I'd, I wouldn't be willing. I, I'd play hardball if I'm the Clippers and say, you can have Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, Robert Covington in a future first, and you can go home and be happy with it. That's what I'd I tell Daryl. That doesn't maximize Embiid. Well, what if, what if Tyrese Maxey takes a leap this coming season with Harden not there dominating the ball? What if Nick Nurse, see, my vision for the Sixers personally is that they in- integrate more motion. We talked about this after Nick Nurse was hired. I think they need to take a little bit of what the Bucks do with Giannis and a little bit of what the Nuggets do with Jokic and empower Embiid in that type of offense. And that requires the right personnel. Maxi is... 100% the right person. Now, that guy is awesome off ball. He knows how to move. He has feel. He knows how to cut. He does all those, you know, high IQ and tangible things on the floor. So Terrence Mann can do that. If you get another pick, maybe you can package those together in another type of deal. I don't know, man. I, I like. I think if you do, if you do trade Harden for a, a group of players rather than an ind- individual star, to me, that says you feel a high level of confidence that, Tyrese Maxey is ready to be the second guy behind Joel Embiid. And then it's about having a bunch of really good role players, a, a team that's eight, nine man deep. You know, I, I'd say, I think that might be what they have no choice to do because I don't think they're going to get a star back for James Harden um, unless there's a surprise around the corner here. You know, maybe it's a maybe it's something like a, a someone we're not expecting, a Carl Towns type. I'm not saying they should do that or would do that. I'm just saying somebody that we're not anticipating. We anticipate Paul George. We anticipate a Kawhi Leonard, but maybe it's somebody we're not thinking about. Well, because the other teams that are mentioned, you don't know. What about the Knicks? Why is that name out there? In terms of assets, who would you want? And I don't like Harden with Brunson. I love Brunson. I hate the Knicks fan. I I don't like that. Why are they interested? I really hate the Knicks fit. I I, yeah. I would not I would not not even be in for Harden if I'm the Knicks unless it's to like it's fake interest to drive the price up. Yeah, you know, maybe something so. like that. But uh, but then you're helping Philadelphia in, in that regard too if you do that. Um, so I mean Miami, I get it. Uh, Miami, I definitely get it. You bring him in with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Harden has you know he doesn't need to lead. He doesn't well, need let to me be say a this. voice. The reason let me, let me just just hear me out on this thing. So Paul George has not been available. That's been the problem with the the Clippers. Not neither of those two stars have been available in tandem, nearly at all. Uh, Kawhi less than George, but George has got his own issues. Where you wouldn't necessarily you say that like, hey, you can't get a guy like that. But I mean, he doesn't play enough, and he's not healthy when it comes time. I mean, you know, he's when he got to the, when they got to the playoffs last year. I, I can I can bitch about Harden only getting you four 
field goals or less in some of those games, but Paul George gets you zero field goals. So <laughs> I don't know. And to me, I kind of think that James Harden is best when the whole thing like revolves around him. And so I could talk myself into, again, you know my feelings on him. But if I'm the Clippers, I could talk myself into like, hey, here's a guy that could like, he could, we could be, be hard and centric when Kawhi plays. And so we could still have a pretty good team when Kawhi, and, and maybe an awesome team when Kawhi plays. But then when he doesn't, because we know we're only getting him for so many, that's a guy that could carry the load. Assuming you think he can. Assuming, you know, much like game one against Boston, where we saw it. We saw Harden with the ball in his hands, four out. Best player on the team. And he looked like Houston James Harden. And it's like, man, you might be able to play that way for a lot of the time because Kawhi Leonard's not going to be around. I don't know if Ty Lue necessarily wants to do that, but I, I mean, he has been more durable and where are you going from here if you're the Clippers? I don't know. You might I, you might consider it. Again, I'm not in love with the guy. I wouldn't want to trade for him, but I understand. And I do think, I don't think Daryl's going to move him for role players. No way. I, I mean, uh, you could trade him for Ben Simmons. <laughs> Get him to run it back. Hell, they won as much with Ben Simmons as they did with James Harden. The Harden era in Philly has been a colossal disappointment when you consider it. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it too is. bad. Because now you're looking and you're like finding a trade for him and yeah. it's a worst asset. I, I um, mean, here, here's the thing though, Chris. I mean, like, you know, I've been a Harden guy for as long as we've been doing this show. As long as we've been doing it. But I don't think for Joel Embiid, Harden is for his best. And so this is a situation for Philadelphia where this could be a blessing in disguise for Joel Embiid and for the future of the Sixers if they can get the right return and build the right system that truly, I mean, I know the guy just won MVP, but takes them to an even higher level in a postseason setting. That's the key here. I mean, Embiid is a magnificent regular season player. He's had some outstanding moments in the postseason, but, you know, we just watched Jokic get better in the playoffs. Joel Embiid has never gotten better in the postseason. So either that uh, says a lot about him or it says a lot about the system. It's a little bit of both. To me, I think I lean towards more system. And, and that's why I want to see the personnel change. I want to see the system change. And that's where the opportunity is here with trading James Harden for whatever it is, whether it's a star or whether it's parts and integrating a new system under Nick Nurse. But the, the downside is is that you don't get something that makes you better. And this is, this is just another mistake in a long line, a long history of mistakes going back to taking faults over Tatum, everything that they've done over the years, giving the money to Al Horford. Joel Embiid has become an MVP despite mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake by the Sixers. And this could be the beginning of the end if Daryl Morey doesn't get the right return and if Nick Nurse doesn't build the right system. So we're at, really at a big crossroads here uh, and, you know, really in NBA history, right? 
because this is an MVP we're talking about who's been with the Sixers his entire career, one of the longest tenured players in basketball, like we talked about on Tuesday. I hope they get it right. I love seeing Embiid in Philadelphia, but um, I'm not super optimistic about it. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Are you better if you're the Clippers with Harden and Tobias than you are with Paul George? Oh. Oh, you're saying Harden and Tobias for Paul George and parts like salary. And, and man, Powell, because they they're, they're trying to get off of Powell. Yeah. So, okay. So you're, so you're talking both now, not just Correct. Harden. You're yeah. Talking you're moving Tobias off. Tobias Harris. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think you're better. I do. So you're getting Harden and Harris. Yep. And I think they're you're getting yep. George and Powell. I yeah. think both teams actually probably get better. I think so too. I, I that, that feels like a more mutually beneficial deal. For both teams. And, I, and like I said, I, I would want Terrence Mann in the deal if I'm the Sixers. To me, Terrence Mann would be, he's, you know, I, I want him to get 25, 30 minutes per game on a consistent basis and not ever be in his coach's doghouse. So if you can get Mann, Powell, and George for T- Tobias Harris and James Harden, that's a big win for the Sixers, in my opinion, and for the Clippers, because it's mutually beneficial. That's what they both need. Yeah, I just think it's easy framework if you're trying to yep. get off that Harris deal, too. Yep. And I think it's hard sometimes to come up with easy trades for these kind of players. But and, and that's this one, one actually kind of just fits. Yeah, and I would be stoked if I were a Philly fan. Because now I look at it and I go, my three are, because I'm a Maxi believer as well. Mm-hmm. I've got Maxi, Paul George, and Joel Embiid. Yes. Whereas in like the, the scenario we talked about earlier, Embiid and Maxi and a bunch of role players, you're asking a lot of Tyrese Maxi. For him to be the second star, that's a lot yep. to ask for. Third star, that feels appropriate for him at, at this age and you know, this year right. of his career, entering year four. And I've got an awesome perimeter player to go yep. along with Joel Embiid. And then on the Clippers side, I'm gonna get that Harris contract to fall off my books. You know, one year I, left. Just one year. And I'm at because I'm at a crossroads on a Paul George extension anyway. And you yep. want to talk about contentious, wait till they go to the table and go, bro, you don't play enough. We're not giving you the full boat here. Whereas Philly may say, you know what? We're going to extend you. We're going to, we're, we believe in it and we're going to get, we're going to give you the money. At least maybe a better deal than what the Clippers can. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that kind of makes a lot of sense and it's an easy one. If the Clippers are truly, because where there's smoke, there's fire. And the Paul George stuff started coming up during the draft. And it was like, okay, you're not against moving him, huh? Like teams got the impression that they're not, they're not against moving Paul George. And so they're thinking they're not, they're not against it. They're not against Paul George. He was involved in discussions with Portland. That's the best player. I, I think that's the best player you could get back. If you're Philly, 
James Harden and Tobias Harris. Yes. I think that's the best player you could get back in a deal is Paul George. Yeah, considering his age, you know, yes. he, he's 33 right now today, and he yep. has the, the one-year deal left guaranteed, then a player option. Yep. Yeah, I mean, realistically, yes, that probably is the best you're going to get. That That is. Harden, you know, in a vacuum is better than Paul George just pulling up, you know, the NBA rankings that Michael Pina, J. Kyle Mann, and Rob Mahoney all vote on. They have Harden 19, and then they have Paul George 25. Those guys are pretty close. You know, I think most people would agree. Some would take George ahead of Harden and, you know, whatever. But those guys are close. Like, you're not getting Brandon Ingram for George. You're not getting... No. You're not getting Darius Garland. I don't know. I'm just scrolling down the list, you know, spitballing. You're not getting any of those guys. It seriously might be the best player you could get for either of them. Yeah. Like, the best player you could get in a Harden return, it might be the best player you could get in a George return. It's going to be and fascinating. Again, I, I mean, and you would trade, you would do a sign and trade for Aiton, wouldn't you, if you're Dallas? Well, that's complicated because uh, for Phoenix, they'd be hard capped if they do a sign and trade. So mm. technically, that wouldn't work. They can't do it? Yeah, that, that technically would not be a viable trade in that in that situation. Even if they fit into the money? No. Because you're hard capped when you do a sign and trade. Because, mm. man, that makes all the sense in the world to me as well. Like, the, like he, like it, it some way for be, Kyrie to end up in Phoenix and Aiton to end up in Dallas. It would have to be something more complex where it's like, like let's say Aiton, like Kyrie signs for a discount to go to the yep. Suns, and Ky- and then Aiton is sent to a team in a in a regular trade, mm-hmm. like to Dallas or to Minnesota. You know, if Cat goes to Dallas, just like it have, it gets really complicated. But the, a sign and trade is not is not doable. They can't just do that. Okay. Yeah. So well, uh, like uh, like basically the 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 hard cap. You know, it caps you at one hundred and seventy one million, which is the the tax apron this year, and, <laughs> which is like, like two was like two Phoenix Suns players. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're at one hundred and thirty million for Beal, Booker, and Durant alone. <laughs> uh, so, like that, that gets incredibly complicated if you're doing a sign and trade, and then you're supposed to, you know, fit all those guys within fifteen million dollars. Like if you get Kyrie at 25 million for a sign and trade with Aiton, then you're at 155, you know, or if it's 30 million, then you're at 160 and you have four guys on the books. It's just the math doesn't work out. So I I, I don't know exactly how viable that is. It's not realistic. Why do you think Windhorse was bringing up Philadelphia for Kyrie? Why not? He wants money. Sixers want star power or at least want great players. I'd rather have Maxi going forward. I would. Yeah. I mean, at what point are you not going to have a flake next to Joel Embiid? <laughs> like, you had Ben Simmons, James Harden, and then you go to Kyrie Irving? Like, if I'm this guy, I just jump off the bridge. And, and they, like, are and you they, serious? The only guy they had who wasn't a flake was Jimmy Butler. That's and they, it. And they let him go. And and Maxie's a dog. 
Like I want Maxie. I I want him long term. Yeah, I love Maxie. And so replacing that, you know, stunting the Maxie thing by going and getting Kyrie Irving just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't think Kyrie makes any sense for Philly either. Yeah. Paul George does. Yeah. Oh, for but sure. See, the thing, one thing I'll say is this, though, on, on that Paul George, Norman Powell trade, you still need a, a stabilizing point guard. You still need something like that within your offense. Um, because Maxie's not that. Maxie is more of the, the the off ball guy, not the on ball guy. And you know, when I was in Philadelphia last, you know, October, whenever it was, I interviewed Harden and I interviewed Maxie and Embiid. And one of the, the areas of growth that Harden talked about Maxie needs to make is as a playmaker. Maxie acknowledged that too. He's like, I need sometimes I need to slow down and read the floor and make better decisions. So. Unless Philadelphia feels like they can have kind of a multi-ball handler system where, again, getting back to that same point about sharing the ball, motion, running through Embiid with DHOs. You got Paul George who can run pick and roll, Maxi who can handle sometimes. And, and then it's by committee. Maybe then if that if that truly is the vision, then it could work. But if, like, if you're relying on Maxi to be your primary number one, get the team into the offense, I think that might be a bit much to ask from him, and it's not the best usage of his talents either. So I hope they run the you know motion system, but we'll see how Nick Nurse installs it. Yeah, it, that the Clippers thing makes all the sense in the world to me, just because of kind of where they are as a franchise right now. As interesting, I just I don't get the Heat. I don't get the Knicks. I get the Heat. I mean, they they're trying to oh win a God, championship. You want to talk about the worst combination of Heat culture? I mean. Give me a break. Imagine yeah, him having to go do the body fat tests. Yeah, no, he'd fail it, but then he's a, still and, a good player. And the sprints. Yeah, no, he's, he's, better, he's better than what they have. And that's all you he's can not ask for culture. is an upgrade. He, it doesn't matter. He he has no choice but to embrace that when he's not out partying at the Miami clubs and having white women mean, parties. <laughs> you can't have a worse combo. You're just asking for it. I know, yeah. You're asking for a guy to come in smelling like tequila every day. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, you got to run sprints and take a body fat test. Like, come on. <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't, makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I love Brunson so much. I that 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 just the the Nixon uh that one. That doesn't make any sense. To I'd, me. I'd be so crushed for Brunson if that happens. Couple other things that have taken place. We've got the Harrison Barnes deal that got done with Sacramento. And it's interesting that ends up being about eighteen million a year. So they brought him back. Uh, on a team that had a tremendous amount of success last year. Just like a totally solid role-playing veteran. And I understand it. Whether whether they're going to move it. Uh, they, 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 Sam Amick reported that there's a 10% trade kicker. So I don't think they made that deal to move him. They, they made that deal to have him as their small forward. And I think, uh, you know, he's an adult who's played in a lot of games. He's been on winning teams. And he's kind of been the twenty point per game scorer, but he's also been the, you know, fourth guy on a team. And I thought he kind of fit in well with them last year. So and I thought that was a reasonable contract for him. Um, you got the Josh Hart opt in. You've got to believe that he was given some kind of assurance that in August they'll extend him. 
and he'll get whatever, four years and $70 million or whatever he's going to get, right? Because um, he opted in. And that happened like right after the Harden news, which made everybody go, oh, wow. Is this because they, you know, the Knicks are going after James Harden? Um, I suppose. And then you've got the Lakers. Sorry about this, bro. But they're up to something. They're going to try to, they got their whole mid-level now because they, they got done. They, <laughs> they waved Bamba. They waved it's a bad Beasley. Day. It's a bad they, day. They waved, uh, who Shaquille Harrison? I think like they're just yeah, waving cl- people. For, it, clearly, the Lakers are positioning themselves to either be a cap space team, uh, where they'd have more than the mid level to offer, or be a team that ha- is in cap space that is over the cap, resigns their own guys, Austin Reeves and whoever else, and you know D'Lo maybe, and then they can use the mid level exception. So. It depends on what path they want to go here. I'd expect them to go with the mid-level. And we'll see, you know, reports all this week, you know, uh, saying how Bruce Brown, there's a high level of confidence that they could be able to re-sign him. uh, Or not re-sign, just sign him to the mid-level. The Pacers are in on Bruce Brown. The Mavs are in on Bruce Brown. There's There's so much Bruce Brown heat. Don't you think he's going to get above the mid-level? I don't know. I mean, which team is going to offer it? Is it, it like it could it be a team that we're not talking about? Like the Kings, the Kings still have 17 million ish in cap space after re signing Harrison Barnes. There's been no noise about them going after Bruce Brown, but why not? He'd be a great fit with their existing pieces. Yeah, there's a bunch of this heat. Bruce Brown, Brooke Lopez, that's another one that's like the Lakers uh, have been kind of tied to. Um, Lakers also tied to Javon Carter, which I really like. Yeah, I like um, him a lot. Yeah. And, but somebody, Somebody's going to make their life hell on the Reeves thing. Somebody's going to offer Reeves a huge contract. Don't you think? Houston. You think Houston's a what? Yeah, probably Houston. Maybe San Antonio. Bill opined Utah, which of course made me laugh so hard on two fronts. A, of course, the white guy. But B, Danny Ainge trying to stick it to the Lakers, which would not (laughs) be out of the realm of possibility, right? Like, who are they spending their money on? You could just see Danny Age going, all right, four years, $100 million for Austin Reeves or whatever the number is, $98 million, just to stick it to him. I could totally see that. Well, I mean, let's look at the cap space teams real quick. Utah has $14.1 million. Would they really want to use that space that they have, which isn't a lot, on an Austin Reeves offer sheet that's going to get matched anyway and then potentially screw themselves out of somebody else? I don't, I don't think so. To me, it'd be somebody... Like Houston, they have sixty-six million, or San Wait. Antonio with forty-two million. Somebody like that, where if you use if you sign him to the offer sheet, it's only twelve million of your cap for the I had, season. I had Utah at forty-seven now. No, you're way off. It's like fourteen. Jordan Clarkson opted in. They, mm. they acquired John Collins. Oh, can okay. update your numbers, this baby. Pretty, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got fourteen. Yeah, this- so I think Houston, San Antonio would be. Much, much, much more likely. Yeah, this is the pre-Collins. Yeah, thing, yeah. The Clarkson yep. thing. Yep. I mean, you never know what these other teams do. Pistons, Pacers, Magic. Like, who yep. knows? Um, you think Rockets, maybe? Everybody says the Rockets are going to offer that huge contract to Van Vliet. They could do both. Oh, yeah. Maybe well, so. what if what if Van Vliet decides not to sign there anyway? That's always possible. It is a possibility. 
Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about, didn't we talk about Reeves with the Spurs? Yeah, Spurs would make sense as well. Point guard action with Wemby. Yeah, super, look, they say super, they super say sweet. the Lakers have said they're gonna they're gonna match anything. I guess somebody's probably gonna test them though. Um, I can't wait for all of this to play out. We we've been thrown for a massive loop here at the beginning of it. And before we get out of here, because I know by the time people listen to this, things have probably radically changed. Um, I just want to say I saw your video about the next Bruce Brown. God, I love this. And this was good. The Io Desunmu, and you had all the highlights mm. in it, and it's eerie how much. Because yeah. you know I love Desunmu, and the guy is a dog, but, I mean, the way you kind of outlined it as could this guy, everybody kind of searches for that. Could this guy be the next? And I don't think that he's not, it, it, I think in the same way as Brown, somebody's going to get a bargain. Don't there's you? Something, there's something there with Dosunmu. Like, it was kind of funny reading yeah. responses from Bulls fans. There were some Bulls fans who were like, shh, be quiet. Yeah. We, like, right. we don't, like, we don't drive up the price. And then you have other Bulls fans who are like, this guy doesn't realize that he sucks and got worse his second year. It's like, yes, no. I realize he got worse his second year. He wasn't nearly as good shooting the ball from three. Defenses were sagging off of him. He didn't shoot 38% from three like he did as a rookie. And defensively, I mean, he was solid, but not locked down like he was the year prior um, at certain moments. But I still have belief in him. He's only entering his third year in his career. There's been enough great moments with him that I feel like you've got to be invested in. Also, the situation in Chicago has not been perfect, right? Like, you get Zach Levine no. and DeMar DeRozan. It's not an offense that has a ton of motion or movement. That's the vision for for Dosunmu, where he could thrive. And, and by the way, it, how many... Good players have left the Bulls and then had better careers. The list is getting pretty long of guys. So I think you, if you're betting on history, Dosunmu could be a, a nice bet for a team to make at a low cost. And the other thing is, like, he's just, forget all the stat crap, right? He's cut from the same cloth yeah. as those guys. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of guys that I'm willing to bet on. He's... He's cut from that cloth. He's the he's a winning play guy. People can parse apart Bruce Brown too if they want to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we we talk sure. him up so big, but I mean, Bruce Brown could go away from Jokic and just be an average, you know, player. Yeah, I mean, like in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, Bruce Brown. That that's where you kind of start to fall in love. Yeah, you fall in love with Bruce Bruce Brown with what he's becoming in Brooklyn, and but he's still not perfect. He's still no. a little bit undersized. He's still like he had his game where his floater just wasn't falling when he was playing small ball center for the Nets and he was just bricking all those floaters. But then with Jokic, it's just a perfect marriage of his talent yes. with Jokic and Murray and everything there. It's, it's a perfect fit. And I think with Dosunmu, I just hope he lands with a perfect fit to give him an opportunity to, to truly become who he can be as a player. Because I, I think you still go back to at this stage of his career, in year three, you still got to consider the college stuff and, and what he was at Illinois, you know, with those teams where he was ma- mostly like their lead ball handler. He Tough. was just, yeah, like he was a tone setter on defense. That guy was awesome. And Bulls fans have seen those flashes over two years where like the dives on the floor, the chase down blocks, that guy is tough. 
So I, I hope somebody bets on him and we'll we'll see it, man. Like there's always those kind of under the radar guys that fall into good situations. I think Dosumu could be one of them. All right. Last thing before we get out of here. Do you think the Harden thing changes the Lillard situation at all? Nah. I think Lillard is his own independent okay. situation. Okay. You know Philly would want him. Oh, one thing I'll say is this though. Let's say uh let's say Miami is unwilling to wait for Dame to make a decision. Mm. And they and they feel like they can get for Harden at a good fair price compared to having to give up everything for Damian Lillard. Maybe they say, you know what? We're not gonna bother waiting. We're just gonna go get James. I just don't think that again, what's the principle? Hero? Uh, I just think I just think that Daryl's gonna get something bigger than that. I don't think you could do what you did with Simmons and then do the courting of Harden and then get rid of your coach and then <laughs> look up and end up with Tyler Hero in the end. Like, <laughs> no, it can't be. It can't be. I know. I, 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 can't I feel be. you there. I do. You know, because you, 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 you'd, you'd go, man, for, for a second, it looked like I had turned Ben Simmons into something, but now. It turned it into Tyler Hero four years later, like, uh, or three years later. Nah, man, I can't wait to see how this all plays out. This is now super fun. We started free agency thinking James Harden's just going to go back to Philly and Kyrie Irving's just going to go back to Dallas. And I don't think either of those are true anymore. There's no telling what all we could see in terms of movement. And, uh, then we got free agency hitting and you got all the free agent signing places as well. So this is going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. All right. We're going to get this thing up. So hopefully as many people can hear it before some huge news of a trade breaks and it ruins this podcast forever. <laughs> Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I will talk to you uh, early next week after a lot of these rosters start to take shape. I'm looking forward to it, man. Free agency coming and Summer League. Next week, we'll be doing one in person at some point.